So here we are, last episode of Series 3. I'm going to examine what feminism means within my own birth work. I take a look back at some of the special guests that I've interviewed in the other series, as well as celebrating the feminism that has touched my own life and influenced the work that I currently do today. Enjoy, subscribe, leave a review, and tune in for the next series. Live life, love true, and keep it real, everyone. What does feminism mean to you? Lean into the discomfort. Lean into the discomfort. <laughs> it means anything that uh, recognizes that women are as uh, important as any other human on earth. So men or any other human on earth. So anything that helps to promote that is feminism. Uh, anything that uh, makes that entrenched in policies is feminism. Anybody who speaks about that we have to recognize that women are equal to men is feminism. So that's all that's all it means to me. It's just a positive identity to have. Yeah, a like, positive identity. Like being a feminist is a positive identity to have without like the conflict that goes with it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, my name is Catherine McKenney. I am the city councilor for Somerset Ward. Uh, where we are located and uh, where I'm often located because uh, City Hall is also in, uh, in my ward. Um, and uh, I've been the city councilor here for uh, just under four years, actually three and a half. So um, going back into another election and uh, I am one of four um, women on city council. When I was first elected, I'm the first openly gay woman on Ottawa city council. And I used to always like this joke, but now I find it a bit tiresome, but I'm going to tell it. Um, I'm going to tell my tiresome joke uh, that uh, today 25% of women on city council are openly queer. <laughs> Problem is there's only four of us, so that's me. Anyway, I will pass it along. Oh, thanks. Um, so, hi, I'm Phil. Um, I'm an academic. I, I work at uh, the University of New Brunswick at the moment, but most importantly, I'm, uh, I try to be a feminist dad. I'm uh, a dad to, to two little kids, two, both of them are here, and I'm very proud to be uh, the partner of uh, an award-winning podcaster. <laughs> My name is Julie Howes-Russo. Um, I work as a palliative care nurse at the hospice and at the Ottawa Hospital, and I am an avid animal lover, so I do a lot of dog rescue in my spare time. And I guess the biggest piece is that I'm a new mom. I have a 10-month-old son, and so I spoke about my experience of going through labor and everything on the first season, when I was still a bit traumatized, and it's a bit more of the distance now, but that's me. Uh, I'm Zara Anser. Um, I work in three jobs right now. My day job is a videographer in the government, and then I go home and work on a documentary and then I also do freelance. So uh, I also run a blog called ExoVelo, which is uh, cyclists in Ottawa who dress in style on their bikes. Um, hi, I'm Mai as well. Um, some people know me as Mei Lin or Mei. Um, I am a photographer and videographer. I have my own business called DLG Media. It's been about four years. Uh, I also um, co-founded a nonprofit called Art in Action, and we provide free art workshops to youth um, facing multiple barriers in Ottawa and uh, Arvind Nunavut. 
This is a tricky question. Um, to, I, feminism to me, I feel like means uh, equality. Yeah, I just mean I just feel like it just means that um, there's no barriers necessarily, even though you know in our society there are. Um, but that we can feel like we uh, like can be comfortable um, being in different roles, whatever that means, um, dressing however you want to dress, sort of behaving in the way that you want to behave, whatever that feels like that means to you. Um, it may not may not be like just uh, one box fits all. I mean. I, I, I think we're all probably going to have similar answers. Uh, feminism, well, it means like helping each other out and supporting each other, I guess. That's a tough question. I feel like it's like, it's like an act, like you yeah. behave in that way. It may not be like definable. Julie? <laughs> um, I tend to think of it the same way I think about patient care. Um, to me, everyone I see is a person, regardless of gender, age, socioeconomic status, race, and so on. Um, and I feel that they all deserve to have choice and dignity. And I guess with choice, um, there comes support and the opportunity to achieve those goals. And so in my work, you know, it's listening, respecting, and helping find ways to support them. Um, I may not be able to understand their lived experience fully, but you try your best to be that support. Okay, so um, I mentioned that I'm an academic, and uh, <laughs> I should also mention that I'm quite nervous, and the more nervous I get, the more theoretical I get. So <laughs> let, let me just start with the alternative. If, if heteronormativity and patriarchy are regimes of power, then being a feminist is to be an agent of change, is to disrupt the existing order. And most regimes don't come down with a clash, you know, some do, but most don't. So most take concerted effort by willing individuals who care uh, to disrupt them. And I believe that's what a feminist is, is somebody who disrupts the existing order and, and, and attempts to make it more respectful and, 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 and more decent. Um, so in my house, there are uh, two moms, and uh, we've got three daughters and three granddaughters. So our house is kind of a, a, a feminist house. But when I think about what feminist means out in the world, um, it, it's a bit of both, right? It's, it's that we want affirmative action. We like probably more than four women representing you on council. Um, and uh, so it is equity and it is equality and it is you know right raising our numbers and and disrupting but it's also how we uh, make that change and what kind of changes we make so when I you know one of the greatest examples I think of a feminist move by gov government lately uh, you're an academic I I talk government and politics um, is Sweden and Sweden uh, recently uh, when they were considering how to allocate funds for snow clearing uh, looked at it through a feminist lens 
And they, when they did that, they realized that more men drive and more women walk, whether they're pushing strollers or they're, you know, just walking about the neighborhood. That was the reality. So they decided to take more funds and allocate them to sidewalk clearing and take it away from snow clearing because that is equitable. It's not equal necessarily, but it's equitable. Uh, so when I think of feminism, I also think that we need to change the lens through which we make policy and programs so that we are all equitable. Um, I'm going to ask Phil, what's it like or what does it mean for you to be a feminist dad? Thanks, Um <laughs> Um, I don't want to get too theoretical again, but <laughs> I, I, I think there isn't a checklist, as far as I know, of things you can do. Although I haven't found one. Um, and to be honest, I, I think was, for me the thing is that I, I'm aware that there's a lot of things that I've I um, have sort of become entrenched in me and in. in, in, in gender norms and so on. And I think to be honest, that the, I, I really just, I, the most important thing is to try and be aware of it as far as I can and to not prescribe it as normal. Uh, to, to give my kids the opportunity to be different, to see a world of different possibilities. They don't have to be this kind of boy or this kind of girl, or they don't have to be boy or girl or whatever. I, I, I want them to be happy more than anything else. And I, there are a few practical things that I try and do. Um, I don't know what works or not, but I, I hope that, that the efforts, the sort of trying to embody this uh, embracing of difference and, and, and challenging my own privilege, I hope that that rubs off a little. And I don't know. I, it's a it's a big job, and I don't think it's going to be one generation or two generations. But I, I hope my kids get something out of it, and I'm getting something out of it too. So I guess that's that's my answer. <laughs> And it is, of course, International Women's Day. And that means this evening, some local feminists will be honored with Femi Awards. One of them is My No. She's receiving the Art and Media Award. Now, most days of the week, she's behind a desk at the Federation of Canadian Municipalities, where she works as a gender project officer. But during the weekend, you may just find her in her bedroom closet, hosting a podcast the birth talks and on that podcast she explores topics about pregnancy parenting and birth through an intersectional feminist lens let me tell you about how babies are made when the sperm meets the egg erase that excuse me high school sex education 101 is that it is that the span of our reproductive lives is reduced to how the sperm and the egg meet it's so much richer than that what about our sexualities our emotions the influence of our communities and institutions, our social locations, pregnancy, birth, parenting. It means so many different things to so many different people. What does living a healthy reproductive life mean in the context of reproductive justice? This podcast isn't your traditional healthy babies, healthy pregnancy kind of gig. It's designed to challenge you, outrage you, pique your curiosity, and maybe sometimes have you nod in agreement. Our birth conversations are the kind that often get left out of the mainstream. I promise, like life, we'll leave you with some answers, but perhaps more questions. These are birth conversations that matter. 
These are the birth talks. Are you ready? Oh my, had a party yesterday to launch the second series of The Birth Talks. The first two episodes went up on our website a few hours ago. One about how to raise a feminist and the other, how to be a feminist dad. Before heading off to pick up her award tonight, Maya's joined me in the studio. Hello and congratulations. Hi, Jaco. Thanks so much for having me here. How did you get the news that you were uh, getting this Femi Award? Well, as I was sitting behind my desk at FCM, and then uh, I had a friend text me and say, you've won this award. And it was amazing. I felt so validating, especially because I'd been on emails the whole day. And How did they find out before you? Um, well, she was the person that actually nominated me, oh. so Zara Anzar, yeah, um, who is actually a creative um, uh, photographer in Ottawa. So what was your reaction? I was flabbergasted because, like you said, I spend my weekends in the bedroom closet doing this podcast, not knowing who's out there listening. Um, so it was just, it felt like, wow, this, this um, especially among local feminists, to get recognized for um, a, a passion project that I started less than a year ago. Right, you've only got the first one series, and this is the second one now. Yeah. How many episodes in that first series? So each series has five episodes, so this second series will have another five episodes. And they're about 25 minutes long? In yeah, 25 to 30 minutes long. What got you started and inspired here to start a podcast on birth? Well, I'm actually a student midwife at Ryerson, um, and I've been a doula for the last five years. Um, and I noticed that there were gaps in um, in the birthing world. So, it, like, I've, I've always been a person that's been very much involved in anti-racism and doing gender work. Um, so I went into student mid, uh, as a midwife, uh, student midwife kind of thinking, like, this is the place where feminists exist. And, and then to my surprise, you know, there's so many... Um, uh, there's still the same fights going on in the uh, midwifery world as you would see in um, kind of more mainstream feminist worlds. Um, and I was surprised to see the gaps um, that existed there among um, a lot of marginalized groups, not gaining access to midwives, um, and also, you know, not having the same resources that uh, that some other of the mainstream populations get. And actually, my partner, who I always tease him, I say, it's the one very small area in life where white men have a disadvantage is in a relationship with me. So I always give him a hard time about it. He's the one that said, you need to start this podcast because here you are always, you know, talking about it at home, about these gaps that exist uh, in the birth world. So why don't you start a podcast and and go for it? So it was born a bit from frustration. It was totally born from from frustration, which I guess a lot of movements would be. Um, But yes, just just talking about how what what didn't exist out there. Well, help me understand more about the gap that you're trying to address through the the topics that you have. Well, what kind of topics have you explored in, in these five first episodes and now five more episodes? Yeah, well, I think um, the concept of reproductive justice is really um, an out there concept. Um, so wh- how do women actually have the choice to choose what happens to their bodies? Um, and we see that in the Me Too movement and the Time's Up movement. Um, so just by looking at that, um, I saw that, you know, um, 
conversations with uh, racialized women were missing, conversations with Indigenous people, LGBTQ. Um, so those are some of the topics that I covered in the first series. And the second series, I look at um, alternative parenting. So, you know, what are feminist parents and feminist dads? You know, how do they play such a large role in raising our sons and daughters? Um, I talked to Leroy Newbold, who is the... Um, uh, director of the Black Lives Matter Toronto Tor- Free- Toronto Freedom School um, about uh, his experience about being a trans black parent. So you've gone beyond just the actual act of giving birth, right? It, it, yeah. It's much more than that. Yeah, I I always try to explain to people with the podcast that it's not just about pregnant women. You know, this is this is about. Um, um, how we make choices in our lives that affect us as women, um, and that could mean maybe our right to have babies or not to choose to have babies. Speaking of pregnant women, I, we can say you're expecting your third right here. Yeah, yeah, and last, just to okay. importantly know that, yes, my third and last. <laughs> and, I mean, how have you approached this pregnancy maybe differently now that you've had all these conversations and and, and you've, you've been the genesis of this of this uh, podcast? Um, I think I'm a lot more relaxed with this pregnancy than I've been before. Um, and it's helped me just to reinforce being really compassionate with people's choices around their bodies. Um, but, you know, like, I mean, it's kind of funny because I don't think I've approached it too differently than the first one, but for some reason this baby is breech. Um, and I always joke with my partner, like, yeah, it's definitely yours because it doesn't ask for directions. It's lost. It's like head up right now. So we're trying to get it to turn. But that's the only thing that's different from my other two pregnancies. That this baby is currently breech. <laughs> and who do you talk to in these podcasts? Who do you reach out to? Um, well, for example, in the second series, I reached out to counselor Catherine McKenney, um, who was so gracious to agree to be part of the first episode on how to be a feminist parent. Um, she's the first openly gay counselor on um, in, in Ottawa, so she was a great choice. I approached uh, a colleague of mine who talked about being a feminist dad, Michael Wodziki, um, and I approached uh, Leroy, part of uh, Black Lives Matter Toronto, for example, um, and some full-spectrum doulas who, um, who work specifically with LGBTQ and black uh, communities um, in Toronto. Before I let you go, we have to close the loop on this. What's this about being in your closet for this podcast? What's going on here? I know I always joke that I came out of the closet 17 years ago, and now I'm going back in to do this podcast. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's the it's the best space to kind of get quiet time with the kids at home. And uh, I love it because we just renovated it. It was a $2,000 closet. How big is this closet? So it's not that big, but it's a great place to just, like, get quiet time and actually do the work. So with the clothes and everything, you get some natural soundproofing in there. Exactly. That's yeah. a smart tip. That's a yeah. smart tip for recording. Um, congratulations again on this award. It's going to be an exciting night for you. What are you most looking forward to tonight? I'm just looking forward to being among other local feminists um, and being recognized for um, a project that I started in my closet, you know, less than a year ago. Um, and having my kids there uh, be part of that as well. Your, your two and a half kids. My two and a half kids, There yes, you go. Exactly. All right. My pleasure meeting you. Thanks so much. My No is the podcaster behind The Birth Talks. She's also one of five people who will go home with Femi Awards this evening. The award ceremony is part of the International Women's Day Celebration for Ottawa. It will start at 6 o'clock at Lansdowne's Horticulture Building. We'll tweet out a link to both Mai's podcast and the event at CBC All in a Day. You can please grab your seats. We're going to get started with our...
here momentarily. Thank you. Bonsoir tout le monde. Euh, merci de, de prendre votre place. Maintenant, on va bientôt commencer dans quelques, dans quelques minutes. Installez-vous. To the indigenous people for sharing this unceded and never surrendered Algonquin territory with us this evening so that we can have our event. Ce soir, on présente les FEMI à des personnes qui ont fait une différence dans la lutte pour l'égalité des genres et l'inclusion sociale. Alors vous allez avoir la chance de les entendre un peu plus tard ce soir, mais avant d'annoncer les gagnants de FEMI, nous sommes heureux de vous présenter plusieurs performances par des artistes, des artistes locaux. So one of the most important elements of the hashtag MeToo moment is that women and people of marginalized genders now feel more empowered than ever to share their stories. Our voices are powerful and they need to be heard. And we need to encourage more and more diverse voices to be at the forefront. Their own choices, their own life, 
Sometimes this means choosing to get pregnant or sometimes not choosing to get pregnant. Um, sometimes it means choosing to be a parent with cultural practices or choosing not to parent with any practices in mind. Um, it means choosing to give birth where we want to and how we want to. And whatever it means, it, we, it means we all deserve choice without judgment. Um, and so many of us in this world still do not have that. Um, I want to thank um, my partner in life. I say that there's not many, there's very rarely spaces where white men have a hard time, but in a relationship with me, they definitely do. Uh, I want to thank my kids who, who just keep on energizing me to do this. Um, and in true Vietnamese tradition, I want to thank why I've become a feminist today as well is because of my ancestors, my great-grandmother for having the balls to have five husbands, which is pretty awesome. My grandmother for having the galls to give birth in the jungle during war. My mother for being one of the only women in her IT field. And like so many other people in this world, working around the clock in unacknowledged domestic work. Um, and my dad, from him I learned the world is full of contradictions, but we have to relentlessly get up, wake up, and continue fighting. Um, and I want to thank all of you for, for having selected me for this. This is really awesome. Um, and kind of going back to this theme of like, do I deserve this? For all the women in this room and you know, for the women of color, for the trans people in this room, for anyone who's ever doubted themselves, um, I just want to leave you with a few words that I say to my son and try to say to myself every, every once in a while. Um, you are good enough. You're just as capable. You're just as skilled. You're just as smart. You deserve to be here. Thank you. à vous tous qui étiez ici parmi nous ce soir. Merci pour votre présence. Ensemble, nous avons célébré des personnes incroyables et des personnes dédiées. Ce sont des personnes qui font notre différence au quotidien dans notre communauté et nous sommes vraiment très reconnaissants envers vous, notre public, qui est venu les honorer. Sans vous, il n'y a pas d'eux. Donc, merci à vous. the International Women's Day Advisory Committee and the organizing committee members that were up here today, to all of the volunteers who dedicated their time and energy into planning this event, and to the artists for sharing their talents with us on stage tonight, and of course to the Femi Award winners for their ongoing contributions to gender equity and inclusion. Resisting what pushed me down, I rise above whenever I hit they show me love when I come back to town Cause I take everyone with me wherever I get to I'm repping my city Ottawa is the town that I come from I say it in abundance Whether in a verse or an intro Never leave you wondering When you got a problem it's to who that you'll be running to the capital, in fact, you will obey all of its orders. The taxes wash your ass and sweep the trash across the border because we can't afford to make you the one unlawful. Then profit off your back to capitalism. It's the Lord's will. That's what they say when they colonize the islands from this turtle to the yard and all the other continents across all of the provinces of this here land massacre of indigenous hidden continuous present and past. Residential empath, that's what we gotta be. Slaughter the supremacy, knocking down monopolies.
giving back this land to its actual inhabitants, living as one with Mother Earth. Eternity is maternal, cause what is your future without my womb though? What is your future without my womb though? What is your future without my womb though? What is your future without my womb though?